Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So let's start with the news before we actually get into a little bit of speculation. Oh, yeah. We'll have some of that for you today. Welcome, Damon and Ratto. It's good to have you here. Uh, Ray, I got to say, I've I've never seen curling-related swag before. You're wearing a curling sweatshirt. The curling show? This this must be a staple on CBC. And given the fact that Jared Allen is trying out for the U.S. Olympic curling team, have some respect in your mouth for that. That's fantastic. It's one of my favorite stupid things to watch every Olympics. It's a sport you can play while drinking. That that's you don't need any other explanation. Bowling on ice. Do you like uh, darts and pool, billiards? Do all that while drinking too. Yeah, but it def that definitely affects your ability to perform the sport. I think if you're going to be outside curling and you're not drunk. That does affect your ability. Who's you're outside curling? I mean, I need. Oh, a there's rink. outside curling. I need a rink. You got you got like wind aided curling statistics. It's hard to get enough wind to blow stone off pat off calories. Maybe and way to go with stone. That is the correct terminology for the curling toss. That is a stone. I watch the curling show. That <laughs> curling show. Clearly, you do. I, I'm I'm guessing it's set on your DVR. Uh, the news today coming out of the Super Bowl. Well, it's really not Super Bowl news, but it is NFL news. And all NFL news originates from whatever city is hosting the Super Bowl during Super Bowl week. Brock Purdy uh, is meeting with Dr. Keith Meister. Meister? Call him Meister. On February 21st, and he plans to have surgery to repair his torn UCL on the 22nd. The surgery is set to be done by the respected Texas Rangers team doctor. So, you know, elbows is his forte. And the expectation, Ray, and this is the most important thing, is that Purdy can make a full recovery and be ready for training camp, which would mean the hill that he is climbing to be this team's week one starter next year could very well continue, you know, but for the blip on the NFC title game. And an open competition between he and Trey Lance is probably the best and healthiest way 
to decide this whole damn thing anyways. And we got some Trey Lance sound from the Rich Eisen show to get into a little bit later on. So here we go. Wednesday of Super Bowl week and Brock Purdy's finally got a little... I don't want to say conclusion, because we don't know what the conclusion is until we know what the recovery is. But we have an answer, at the very least, for his elbow problem. We have we have a schedule for it. That's what we got. Because if they go in and they see more damage, then... Things change. Things change. But for right now, that's what we know. We know he's, he has to block out February 25th. 22nd. 22nd, I'm sorry. Come on, pay attention, man. Quit thinking about the curling show. I can't. <laughs> Uh, did hard feelings play a role in Jimmy G's inactive status for the NFC title game? This is something that Tim Kawakami got into. Speaking of Tim Kawakami, he's going to be on the morning show tomorrow. Uh, Shanahan, when in his postseason press conference, dropped a definitive no about Jimmy's future. It, it, you know, it did seem a little curt considering all the two had gone through. It seemed a little pointed and decidedly mind made up on a subject which Ray I think we both agreed he just learned you know the lesson in the previous year there's no reason to talk about the end of a relationship in sports until it's actually over because you never know when it might continue and that very thing happened to the 49ers obviously and Jimmy Garoppolo anyways Tim Kawakami said you know and this is a pretty astute thing to point out after the fact the fact that John Lynch specifically didn't jump in with a more diplomatic response is maybe a little bit of a clue that there was something else wrong in Camelot if you will um, and then you know, Tim goes on to say, you know, this is a guy who won 42 combined regular season and postseason games for the 49ers. He could have been a Super Bowl MVP had he made one or two more throws a few years ago. He was very popular in the locker room. He was liked by the team. And it wasn't wrong to expect something a little warmer from 49ers brass if this really is going to be how they're framing Garoppolo's exit. And apparently Tim poked around and there is a little something to a cooling off period, some sour graping in the last few weeks of the Shanahan-Garoppolo 49ers relationship. And that immediately makes me start thinking, well, I wonder if he could have played in the NFC title game but chose not to. Or, or, or basically decided the extra effort that would take is no longer worth my investment. That seems counterintuitive because the only thing that could happen if he made himself available for the conference final, if that's in fact how this happened, he could have only enhanced his marketability either within the team or within the rest of the league. Right. So that seems to be sort of spiting your nose to cut off your face. And I'll also say this, that Kyle Shanahan could probably catch... Any important San Francisco 49er breaking into his own home. And if the player was required for the game plan on Sunday, that player still would play. Like, I don't see Kyle Shanahan spite scratching someone he thinks could help him win a game. And it, this, this, it's just the whole thing is weird. I want to get into what, uh, what, what, what Tim wrote. He said, 
The relationship between Garoppolo, Shanahan, and Lynch seemed to have gone a bit south in the days and weeks leading up to the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia. I don't know if there was a specific blow-up or conversation that led to this. I don't know what the main issue was. We know that Garoppolo won a lot of games in his last six seasons with the 49ers and partially bailed them out this season by agreeing to come back after believing he was going to get traded or cut last offseason. Shanahan and Lynch decided to keep Garoppolo on the active roster all through December and January after his injury, hoping, believing that he could come back from his foot injury at some point during the playoffs to provide an insurance should Purdy get injured. They could have used that roster spot for somebody else, maybe a defensive tackle like Hassan Ridgeway, but Shanahan and Lynch saved it for Garoppolo, who tried and couldn't get healthy enough to be Purdy's backup in the conference title game. All of that on its surface sounds straight up. Yeah. But at the same time, I wonder if there wasn't a little something. Because Garoppolo germs seem to be, you know, in a smiley walking around the sideline, not dressed for today type of mood. And I'm not saying he was enjoying the win, but Jimmy must have some element of human being in him. And I don't want to say schadenfreude is what you feel in real time, but... I mean, for a guy who was replaced because he got injured and then injured and then injured again to reach the point of, well, yeah, I could come back in or you can now go forward with your brand new, you know, play thing and toy that you drafted and Brock Purdy, who you sort of fell into after trying to replace me by moving a ton of draft picks for the other guy who got hurt. Like there must have been some sort of this is sort of delicious. This is happening if Jimmy were that sort of a spiteful, evil guy. Yeah, and I I have not seen any evidence of that in the past. And I don't believe that he would be stupid enough to be laughing on the sideline while they were getting their hats blocked. So I think that's a that's a smile out of context to me. I think it might just be that Shanahan was pissed that he had to play Josh Johnson and that he's going to take it out on somebody. And Garoppolo seems handy, seems short-sighted, because if they go into uh, Purdy's arm and they find more damage, you know, what would prevent them from going back to Garoppolo one more time and say, will you start for us again? I mean, it's just, you know, he opened the door a year ago when everybody thought this was done. So, I don't know. Um, it does seem... It seems like Shanahan was unhappy with the circumstances and got no indication that Garoppolo is going to be coming back next year anyway because you know at some point maybe they had the conversation about 2023 and Shanahan gave Garoppolo a well it's probably going to be Purdy because this is before he got hurt so you know you said that Jimmy had nothing but a possibility to enhance whatever his legend would be if he were thrown into the NFC title game as an emergency. But at the same time, what if he then got hurt? You know, well, he's got a business decision to make as well. And thinking that, you know, what, what would I rather be available for one more game for the 49ers and then have my chances of being a team player somewhere else go up in smoke because of an injury that kept me out a year? Or am I just going to say, well, you know, we'll, we'll wait till the next situation. I don't know. I it don't doesn't, know. Like, it, it doesn't. That doesn't seem likely to me. Doesn't mean it isn't true, but it seems like he would be willing to take that chance. 
It is uh, more likely than he would go. Nah, I need to be careful because if the word got out that he skipped a chance to play, right, sandbagged it. You get you have a lot of potential buyers going. I'm not sure I like this so much. He's also a really bad game against the Eagles away from having people maybe say the same thing. So again, if it was just, hey, his ankle wasn't ready to go and that's that and his foot hadn't healed, then there's really nothing to talk about here. But the way that it ended ended in that press conference was a little strange. Tim highlighted how strange it was. He poked around and found out that there's a little something to it being strange. And, you know, like I said, a little speculation goes far on Sports Talk Radio, so there's yours for today. We're going to have Peter King. Forget the speculating, we'll get some answers, hopefully, when Peter King joins us live at 5 today when we do come on back. Like I told you about Trey Lance, speaking of 49er quarterbacks, was on with Rich Eisen today. He had some things to say. We'll go through that. We had uh, Debo saying some things today, and obviously, we have a new all-time great. What? LeBron Abdul-Jabbar revealed himself to us last night. We'll talk about all of that as well. we got a good show for you this afternoon. It's good to have you here. Damon and Ratto were brought to you by 5-Hour Energy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back 
to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. The NBA's trade deadline, it's tomorrow at noon. We've got you covered with the latest news leading up to it. Our trade deadline coverage brought to you by Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' comp law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. One of the big latest rumors, oh, the day from Shams, is that the Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves are in discussions, tinkering on a three-team deal that could send D'Angelo Russell back to the Lakers. Russell Westbrook, draft compensation, would head to, what, Utah, Utah, while Mike Conley Jr. would end up in Minnesota. So we'll see if that all happens. Obviously, we had some uh, history happen last night. Uh, down in Los Angeles. We'll get to LeBron here in just a minute. We uh, also have, what, Darvin Ham and Westbrook apparently blowing up at each other at halftime. We got some memory lane to get into with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, my favorite piece of it anyways, and uh, a chef's kiss for all you LeBron haters out there. Everybody got what they wanted last night, and apparently nobody wanted anything other than a picture. Did you see the picture, Ray, of all the people, except for basically Phil Knight, who was sitting courtside watching with his own two eyes, Everyone paid through the nose for a ticket to watch the game over their iPhone anyway. Yeah, dumbest people ever. Because I'm pretty sure that you can get a much higher resolution picture anywhere but your but your camera phone. I mean, if you're going to work the next day and you want to show a fellow worker, hey, look at the picture I got. That worker's going to say, yeah, I saw it on TV last night and it looked a lot bigger. I'm, you know, it's it's sort of a, you know, just hey, look at me, look look at the thing I did. Oh, it's it's and it's, it's just it's yeah. So what? It's not enough to just enjoy something. You have to commodify it yourself and be able to sell it on the gram yourself, or just prove to everybody digitally that you are somewhere that you deem special enough. And it's just it's crazy. It it's crazy. It's also very much a sign of the times. I don't know if anybody in there is you know, doing it wrong or they're just doing it in the time that they live in. But let me tell you, I can tell you conclusively that you are doing it wrong. And the inability to actually be and live in a moment is hard to come by these days. The only time I ever saw Prince, Ray, he did one of the greatest things I've ever seen happen in a concert. He did it in Oracle Arena. And you walked into the arena and you couldn't get on your phone. Like the minute you took your phone out, there was a security person with a flashlight in your eyes saying, put your phone away or you're going to be ejected from the arena. Like Prince didn't want it recorded. Now they have situations where if you're going to a comedy club, you take your cell phone, you put it in like a Ziploc bag that is digitally locked until the performance is over, in which case you can unzip the bag and get your phone out. This should happen everywhere. Like people need to be separated from their phones. Now I'm I'm against that only because cuz I I'm my sentiment is roughly yours. But that's a level of fascism I'm not comfortable with. If you choose to diminish your enjoyment of something by being on your phone, fine. As long as you're not interfering with somebody else's ability to enjoy the same performance you're trying to enjoy. Right. But that's about but, protecting intellectual property and you you don't get to record my set and put it on a YouTube page. That's what's happening there. I, I Which I understand, but it's going to go on YouTube anyway. Because you, you, I don't know how many security people are normal for a performance, but 
you know, there's always going to be somebody who gets it because that that's a hill you can't you can't climb. So, you know, if you honestly think that there's a way you can put something on YouTube and monetize the hell out of it, yeah, good luck with that. Because you won't be the only one. And if there's two of whatever you're trying to show, there's probably 20. Somebody says, you guys sound like old men yelling at clouds. Hey, maybe we do. Maybe you're right. But here's something I'm definitely right about. My childhood was better than yours. Because I wasn't trying to electronically impress all of my douchebag friends at every moment of my life. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. How what were you trying to do with your douchebag friends? Just play, just have a good time. Okay. When we got to high school, it was about finding beers and girls. Where, where, where could we come up with either of those? They seem like hard things to come by. Um, yeah, and you didn't get them while you were on your phone. No, but, you know what? Phones. But like I said, you know, if that's how you want to do this, then do it. The, the, what you will lose in the long run, you won't realize till it's too late. And by then, hey, you made your choice. Just telling you. So it's like, libs always think they know better than everything else. This is no, you got to tell me. It, just trust me. Getting out of your phone and putting your eyes into the world—it's that's not a conservative issue. That's not a liberal issue. That's not a fascist issue. That's just a better life. I didn't send or receive a text message in my life until my junior year of college. It was fantastic. The electronic anchor that hangs around so many people's neck that is that you're drowning under and you don't even realize it just trust me just trust me it was better when you weren't easily reachable trackable all the time like people will tell me damon i just sent you a text how come you didn't get back to me immediately and you could tell them well i'm sorry twitter was borked yeah well look it's, it's just real simple this phone is here for my convenience no one else's it doesn't mean work gets to reach me easier. It doesn't mean your email gets to me faster. It's for my convenience. Nobody else's. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah. This is not. This is not a conservative issue or a liberal issue. This is not even a text line issue. Yeah. If you have an opinion, keep it to yourself. If you want to express the opinion, clear it with us first. And when I say clear it with us, either agree with us or shut up. Exactly. Exactly. We want no, no new opinions. That's will be why you don't read that. That's why I keep telling you, don't read that nonsense. We got uh, Trey Lance talking about his life, his future on the Rich Eisen show today. Uh, he was asked about how hard it was to begin this year with big aspirations and see them all go away real fast. It was hard. Um, it was it was hard for sure. Uh, ups and downs throughout the year. Um, it got easier when I found my role. I went in, you know, after uh, probably a few weeks after my, my first surgery. Right. Uh, and just talked to Kyle and was, was like, man, what can I do? Yeah. It, what can I do? So after the surgery, what were you asked to do? What did your role become on this team? I started with base downs, um, started with base downs, breaking down pressures, um, especially once Brock started playing it, it definitely picked up, which is around the time of my second surgery, right before my second surgery. Um, but I, I needed something. I needed something to, to feel like I was contributing. Uh, that was that was the hardest thing for me was getting to that spot where 
I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm doing my rehab. I'm in the meetings. I'm asking the right questions, but I, I didn't feel like I was truly helping uh, when, a lot of time when, when Jimmy was playing. And obviously, Jimmy's a vet. Jimmy's done it. He played at a really very high level. Right. Um, but once once Brock took over, like I, I felt like I needed the help. Uh, so whatever it was, base down pressures, third down pressures, red zone, um, I just tried to help as much as I could. Look, not only are you helping, hopefully, your teammate, but you're helping yourself. You got a lot to learn. You got a lot to, to be able to look at, read, and react. So, you know, I, I got to tell you, every single time Trey Lance talks, I, I like him more and more and more. And the one sound bite that I actually heard today before I even got in here, before Twitter shut down this afternoon, uh, is this, where he was basically, you know, basically, you know, said I, Brock was really, really, really good. And I don't want anything handed to me. I just want a chance to compete. Uh, it wasn't that situation, and I, I wouldn't want it to be that way. Um, Brock played way too well, um, and, and Brock played at, at such a high level and handled himself the right way. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't want it to be a, a situation where I'm just handed something. Um, and I feel horrible, obviously, for Brock for his injury. Um, for me, I mean, I mean, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. Uh, whether it's his, he's going to be better for it. Mine, I'm going to be better for it. Um, and I'm excited to just get on the field and compete. So That's all I want an opportunity to do. And look, if you're the 49ers, that's exactly what you want. You want these two young, promising, hopefully, quarterbacks to get on the field and bring out the competitive best in each other. And whoever fits best wins. We'll see you under center in week one. But an entire offseason, which hopefully because of, you know, the pretty scheduled surgery that they say if it goes according to plan we'll have him ready for training camp hopefully that's exactly the situation that Kyle Shanahan has in front of him that John Lynch has in front of them that you know they are they're adding a camp arm at some point with either a draft pick or a free agent acquisition but not a you know not not someone that they really have to think about all right he's really in the mix to play this year although because it's the 49ers the guy probably will. Oh, yeah. I mean, the entire franchise is obviously somewhere over Indian burial ground, and you should prepare for the worst at all times. But this is the best possible scenario, that you'd have two young guys duking it out for the right to go as your week one starter next year. And they're both incredible stories. You know, one guy is the physical specimen who you invested an awful lot of capital because he thought his future was so promising. The other guy just kind of miracle fell to you, and his gift is in between his ears, not what he has physically, and you won. As a matter of fact, you haven't lost with him in any game that he started and finished. So it's pretty interesting, to say the least. Trey Lance, on whether or not people think he is uh, unqualified to just step right in and lead a team to the Super Bowl right now. You know, all I can say to people at the end of the day is I'm going to do everything I possibly can to be as prepared as I possibly can to be ready to go every week. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not going to promise anyone anything. I'm not going to promise anyone a certain number of wins, but I believe in myself. And, and at the end of the day, that's all I can do. That's all you can do. Believe in yourself. Bet on yourself. Work so hard to get yourself ready to go. And should the opportunity hit you, be ready to punch back. That's all you can do as an athlete. That's it. And if cornered, cheat. Well, some friendly advice from Uncle Ray. Here to help. From the 707, Damon, the phone and iPad generation just doesn't understand how much better life used to be. Look, the iPhone is, is really cool. But it's taken over in a way that you don't want it to. And somebody says, Damon, you're way too old to be receiving texts in college. That's cap. First of all, stop saying cap. You're not Kevin Durant. Shut up. That's cap. What you mean to say is, I don't believe you. So just say that. Second of all, 
the texts that I was getting in college were from an old flip phone where you'd have to hit the digit three times, like the number one represented the letters A, B, and C, and so you had to scroll through all of them. It took forever to send a text. I, there wasn't a smartphone when I was around, but there were texts when I was in college. That happened. First text I ever got was in the middle of my junior year's summer where I got a text on my buddy, a phone from my buddy Tom Ackerman from St. Louis. And I'm like, I had to call him. I'm like, how did you send that to me? What, I didn't even, he's like, yeah, you got to touch the button over and over and over and you eventually get the letter that you like and then you hit the cursor and you move to the next letter. Like it used to take, it was like setting a, a Gutenberg printing press to send a text that was ridiculous. Then why didn't he just call you? Because I think he wanted to show me that he knew how to do it. He's like, look what I can do. Um, yeah. He's like, I think this just cost me like $4 to send to you. I don't know if I even had the data plan to do it, but I just did it. Yeah, that, that would that would basically explain why you referred to many of your friends as douchebags. Because <laughs> that's kind of a douchebag thing. No, he, he, he's one of the guys who isn't, though. Uh, well, I understand, but that was a douchebag act. He spent $4 to... It wasn't $4. Whatever it was, it was more money than he needed to spend if he had just simply called you. He was demonstrating new technology, right? And he needed to do that to you? Hey, you know, some people think I'm worth impressing. Present company not excluded. Not excluded or excluded? excluded? Totally excluded. Or vertent? Definitely vertent or inadvertent. Uh, Debo Samuel. On first take on ESPN, said it's too bad the real 49ers couldn't report to the NFC title game. I mean, um, as you go back and look at it, it's just crazy. Kind of like you stated, uh, even talking to Kyle about it during his career of coaching, he said he never seen anything. And even talking to his dad, he ain't seen nothing like it either. So it's just like, I mean, the team was beat up. The team was down. You know, the team was sad. But it really didn't hit as hard as it's supposed to, if that makes sense. Because at the end of the day, we knew, like, when we lost both our quarterbacks, it's like, what are we going to do? It's kind of like, you really don't have a chance at this point. So, um, I mean, it, it, it hurt for sure. But uh, I wish we, we took one more quarterback into that game, and uh, it probably would have been a different outcome. <laughs> if we could have only had a third quarterback that day, because the first two went down so quickly, so, so abruptly. It, look, it does suck. It really does suck. I don't think it's ever going to just rest easy in my own mind that the 49ers didn't get to really even throw a punch against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I actually think that that's a little bit why the Eagles are are a tiny bit overvalued maybe in this Super Bowl. Again, I said it earlier in the week. I haven't changed my mind yet, Ray. I like the Chiefs on Sunday. I'm, how, how much do you like them? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't gamble, so not enough to put any money on it. But I, I, I like the Chiefs on Sunday. Oh, well, all right. Then I'll ask it this way. By how much? I think they win the game by a touchdown. You know, I, I, I think they win. I, th- I think they're getting points, aren't they? Still, yeah. So there's a deal. All they need to do is win, and I win. I'm not even talking point spread. I'm just, just well, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. That's what I think. Okay. I can't argue with you. I mean, I, I don't know who's going to win. I think it's going to be... I think the under is going to come in, though. That's what I'm focusing on. Because I don't care who gets the parade. I just want to know that I cash. I just want a good I just want a good game. Just give me a game in the fourth quarter. I'd be happy 
to be, look at it this way, I would much rather be wrong in my Super Bowl prediction and have the Eagles win a fun game than the Kansas City Chiefs blow the Eagles out and we got nothing to watch by the third quarter. Come on, you'd, you'd just change the channel to the Waste Management Open, like all good Americans. Are they going to have the uh, everyone throws their full beer on the green if there's a hole-in-one hole? Oh, absolutely. The stadium course. That, they'll do that. They'll do that for a guy who holds out from four feet. I mean, basically, this is this is a festival of drunkenness that I don't believe any other sporting event in America can match for simple unfettered rowdiness. It's well, I mean, in the world of golf, definitely this is the booziest golf tournament out there. But this is also an event where they're going to they're going to celebrate no matter who wins. If you go to a football game and your team doesn't win, you're not feeling very celebratory at the end of the day. Right. It's it's, but, it's an individual sport. No one's no, got but, that but, much but, skin but in the game. Nobody's going there to root for an individual guy. They're all going there because, hey, I'm going to throw my beer at somebody at some point. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying it's the... It's the event that has the the least the, amount of sports anxiety yeah. to drunken fan ratio. Yeah, because everybody's drunk and nobody has any anxiety. Wouldn't that be nice if that's the way the world worked? Just walked around, little buzz, no anxiety at all times. Yeah, but we don't get, well, we get what we deserve because we've been getting it for months now. But no, that, that would be great. But there's only one WM Open. Did we get what we deserved last night? I think we did. Westbrook looking for James. He's got it. LeBron James, a shot in history. Brian Anderson on the call on TNT. Oh, they had the B team in because the what the A team was coming up to do the Thursday night game against the Bucks. So, all right, you know, here's the thing. Brian Anderson's good. We can play compare the calls if you want. Um, and this is the kind of thing where you should have nailed your call because you had plenty of time to prepare for it. You had plenty of time to just deliver the best possible call to frame the moment. And here's how uh, John Ireland did it on Lakers Radio. Westbrook with it. Give it to LeBron at the right elbow. LeBron, one-on-one against Kenrick Williams. Backing him in. Turns. Shoots. Scores! There it is! Oh, hell! The new king in town! Young and old, gather round! From one iconic Laker to another. The king, LeBron James, has passed the captain! And LeBron now stands alone as the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Eh. Too much talking. Yeah, again. Way too much talking. Yeah, that took way too long to get out the sentiment. And, it, 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 you know, I, I'm, it's not the worst call I've ever heard, but it didn't meet the moment in my mind. Uh, there's really nothing about that telecast that met the moment. The whole thing seemed oh. weird and punchy and stopped and and it 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 I don't know. It 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 should have landed better than it did. And this is no fault of LeBron's. None. No. Zero no. In fault fact, of LeBron's. He enhanced the broadcast when he dropped the F bomb. <laughs> yeah, it was the only like genuine moment of the of the whole moment. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Shaq was good in the post game, but Adam Lefko was awful in the in the post game show when he's talking to LeBron and made up two quotes from historical figures to make himself sound more impressive than he is. You know, who did he make up quotes from? Aristotle and Sun Tzu. Oh, okay, <laughs> little art of war and yeah. But, Greek but, but neither quote was actually said by those people. Oh, so he got both quotes wrong. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be pompous, at least be accurate. What, no, what it was, was he trying to attribute to Sun Tzu? Um, I, 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 was I, I'd have to look at it again. What, no, it was, <laughs> it was just gibberish. It was just, you know, the, the questions were, were weak. I mean, Candace Parker is always good. I thought Shaq was on point. But in general, the game kind of laid there in considerable part because the better team was Oklahoma City and by a pretty significant margin for the most part. Well, let me just say, let's you know there there are a lot of people out there who just don't like LeBron who want to if not see him fail because there's really no there's no element of the man's career that is a failure yeah, truly. Yeah, there's no failure here. Uh but Look, for all the LeBron haters out there, you kind of got what you wanted last night, too, because his record comes in a three-point loss to one of the least glamorous teams in basketball, led by kids playing on a back-to-back, a team whose future is so much brighter than the Lakers are currently constituted to be. Uh, The Oklahoma City Thunder are in every way conceivable the polar opposite of the plan and execution of the Lakers, the symmetry, the juxtaposition, like whatever you want to call it, the differences, it's all so amazing. So, you know, congrats on the record, but hold this big fat loss at home in a game that actually hurts in the standings for real. I mean, we're talking about how the Warriors are out of wiggle room. So are the Lakers. No, the Lakers have far less wiggle room. That's right. I mean, they're only a game and a half out of 12, but they're a game and a half out of 12. And they have been outside the play-in level of the standings for all but two days this season. So they were bad to start. They've stayed bad. And that's despite the fact that LeBron James has had a sensational year and had a sensational game. This is not really about him unless you want to blame him for some general managerial moves. But as a player, he's been more than advertised. It's just you looked at that game and you said, boy, would I rather have LeBron, a profoundly disinterested Anthony Davis, and the usually erratic Russell Westbrook waiting to find out where he's going to be traded to, or would you rather have Josh Giddey and Jalen Williams and Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Isaiah Joe? Who would you rather watch play a game? Oklahoma City Thunder every day of the week unless you were there just for star power in which case they got none well i mean they don't have star power yet it's gonna come gilgis alexander is on the verge and if you pay attention to basketball more than a little bit he's already there yeah but oklahoma city is loaded with young impressionable players who can do things that would catch your eye they are a little bit like the warriors in 2014 we have An awful lot to talk about. Going back to last night's game, listening to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's reaction. We got some sound for LeBron. Uh, LeBron, I want to hear the Mark Kestashir call as well, the national ESPN call. So stick around. Much more coming up 
Damon and Ray, when you could, would you consider LeBron a true Laker? Well, he's more of a f- true Laker than a false Laker because he's a Laker. What well, do you mean? What is true, what is true yeah, Laker? I, I don't. I don't. I don't I is don't he know. not supposed to have the record? I don't, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't played for a long time with the Lakers, but what's true? Right. He's, he he cashes their checks to wear their uniform. I mean, you know who else wasn't a true Laker by that definition? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, who I, I think he checks that box these days. Uh, tune into Warriors Live tonight. It's Clay Thompson's 33rd birthday. The Warriors are up in Portland trying to take on the Trailblazers tonight. Uh, Warriors Live starts at 6. Brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. We're also brought to you, Damon and Ratto are by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All of our guests join us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Peter King joins us live at 5. He will be reporting to us from the Super Bowl, Ray. And that's probably as close as we're getting to the Super Bowl this year. I can assure you it's as close as we're getting. Yeah, that's about it. Unless we connect with someone else in the Super Bowl. From the Super Bowl. Frankly, probably anything after Wednesday is just rehash anyway. I, well, no, it's, it's actually, no, it, 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 today's the day it's supposed to start. Like, getting there Monday, Tuesday is the too early. No, it's Wednesday, it's Thursday, when you, Friday. It's when you get the most news. Because Thursday and Friday, the coaches and players are sequestered. There's nothing left to get from any of them. Then it's just bloviating. Well, the whole damn thing's bloviating pretty much to begin with. By the way, speaking of bloviating about the NFL, did you read the Nora Princiati story in The Ringer today? Yeah, I didn't mind it. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. We'll get into some of her details about the NFL and the hell of a year that it just had. Uh, and, no, and she just did a hell, she, she's really good. She's very good. She's very, very good. And she's one of those, uh, she's doing a story on you. You probably screwed up somewhere. Yeah, she's a little bit... I mean, she's one of about four people that you say that about. Katie Strang in The Athletic, if she's writing about you, you're going to jail. Something happens. Yeah, I mean, something bad happens. You are not cloaked in glory at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, it just... It, it, Katie Strang from The Athletic's on line two. You are packing your bag and heading for the airport. Mark Kestishier with the call of LeBron's historic bucket last night down in L.A. on ESPN Radio. Westbrook to James at the elbow. James turns. The crowd wants it. James free throw line. James Fade. Jumper. Good! NBA history in Los Angeles. LeBron James. A record that had stood for almost four decades. Now belongs to the King. 38,389 points and climbing. And with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here in attendance to pass the baton, LeBron James is the NBA's new all-time scoring king. I think he might have had the best call of the three that I heard. Yeah, but it's still too much talking. It's a lot of wordy. I mean, well, no, it's... Vin Scully would tell you what happened and then back away from the microphone and let the crowd tell the story. And I don't know when that fell out of fashion. But it's still the coolest way to describe a great moment. You get the details out. Everybody knows what the shot means. They don't need a recap of how many total points he has or who he passed. All you have to do is say, and that's history. And then just let the crowd go. 
usually don't get a nickname in your 20th season, a new nickname. But, I mean, LeBron Abdul-Jabbar, you can go ahead and call him that going forward if you want to now. Um, you know, the, the guy was, the guy's had an amazing career. There's no other way to say it. Uh, there were a few other things, though, that really stood out from that game. And I, 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 I don't watch much Lakers basketball beyond, you know, highlights that you see of LeBron or, you know, they're just not an interesting team to watch. So unless they're playing the Warriors, who probably do more to bring out the friskiness in them than most teams do, I don't see a lot of Laker basketball. When you watch them, it is amazing how little Anthony Davis does. It really is. I knew that guy was soft when he didn't want to be on the court for the Watt shot when he came into Assembly Hall with Kentucky all those years ago and played himself out of that game. He's easily intimidated. If you want to say that that's the reason why the bubble championship probably doesn't happen outside of the bubble, I might agree with you because that guy can let a crowd get to him. And he has I'd rather not be here written all over his face as much as any guy who's a star in this league. There is no doubt about how good he is. But Anthony Davis, he looked like he didn't want to be there. He looked like he was jealous and disinterested in the historic moment that was happening for his teammate. And he he carries himself with an air that to me comes off like this, right? Like every everything about Anthony Davis screams... They're going to blame me for all of this, me or Russ. And Russ is about to get traded, maybe. So they're definitely going to blame me. And I don't like being blamed for the Lakers not being good. They'll never blame LeBron. It's my fault. Um, yeah, I, I don't project it that far. But it, but Stan Van Gundy was killing him last night on the broadcast. I mean, just relentlessly. Just says, you know, I, I haven't seen any evidence that Anthony Davis is playing tonight. I mean, with Russell Westbrook, say whatever you will. There was evidence that he was there last night. It's not for a lack of effort. Yeah, no, he I, he makes you watch him because one, high usage rate, two, lots of assists, three, lots of turnovers. I mean, he's not careful with the basketball. He's profligate with it. But you saw him do stuff. And the Lakers, unless this trade works out that they somehow not only get D'Angelo Russell but figure out a way to get Jared Vanderbilt, too, they won't be better off. I mean, they'll free up some money, but that's not going to help them now. I mean, this sounds like a trade. I don't mean to dovetail into the trade rumor, but Utah, Minnesota, the Lakers. That sounds like a great trade for 27 other teams. Well, look, it's maybe a little further down the road than it might have been had the other story from Los Angeles not appeared this morning when Woj said that Darvin Ham and Westbrook apparently had a blow-up against each other at halftime. You got, I mean, here's the thing. The Lakers, basically, they got three stars. One is out there breaking his you-know-what off, trying to beat the Thunder and set the all-time scoring record. One of the other guys would rather be somewhere else, just not playing basketball, doesn't seem to care that much at all. The other guy cares so much that he is willing to let his frustrations boil over into anything and anyone in any direction and Russ really doesn't care about your historic moment if he's got to go off at halftime he will do that what the hell 
What I mean, that is a level of dysfunction in one NBA locker room that is it's pretty impressive. Well, apparently though, Ham and uh, Westbrook made up visually, like in the hallway after the game. They were hugging each other and photo op. Oh, good. I don't know if it was a photo op or not, but if they didn't like each other, they wouldn't have bothered with that. I think it's just you accept the fact that Russ is going to go off from time to time, and Darvin Ham pushed back. And, I mean, never came to potential blows the way Draymond Green and Steve Kerr did that night in Oklahoma City. Um, and let's face it, you're going to be frustrated when you look like that as a team for most of that game. Because there was no reason why Oklahoma City should have been anything other than A, tired, and B, overwhelmed by the by the size of the event. And in fact... After a after a first quarter where they were just trading blows, Oklahoma City took that game over, and they dictated terms. I mean, they, LeBron got his, but it was pretty clear that that was all the Lakers were interested in. LeBron had a season low in assists, and that's unusual for him because he's a guy who distributes the ball. Last night, he knew nobody was coming to the arena to watch Rui Hachimura. That was going to be LeBron getting a record. And nobody else kicked in to the, to help that team. Everyone should have known that LeBron was going for the record when they saw his pregame outfit. I mean, he, he was dressed like this is my prom night. So he he wanted it right there. And, you know, again, it's that's one of the things that the Lakers do now is rather than take care of today's business, they like to talk about yesterday's. And... This is not a condemnation of LeBron James. He should enjoy every moment of last night. Absolutely. But but he got little help in the secondary consideration of winning a basketball game they needed to win. He said like several times on the the mic, because they mic'd him up during the game, he says, okay, now let's go out and win. Nah. That one fell on deaf ears. Yeah, that's it's it's that's not part of. Uh, I mean, the, he cut, the, the shot he made cut it to five right at the end of the third quarter, and then they came out early in the fourth. Tied the game at 106. And then Oklahoma City hit, scored the next 12 points. Said, ah, no, nah, this is over. You guys had your fun. I think Russ had a terrible turnover after he bricked a 3 2. It, uh, it didn't end well. That third quarter, obviously a historic moment. And when LeBron passed Kareem with the shot, he got to make a speech on TNT. Here's what it sounded like Yo, Thank you to the Laker faithful. Um, you guys are one of a kind. Um, to be able to be in the presence of such a legend and great as Kareem, it, it means so much to me. It's very humbling. Um, please give a standing ovation to the to the captain, please. Um, to my beautiful wife, my daughter, my two boys, my friends, my boys, my family, my mother, all my man, everybody that's ever been a part of this run with me the last 20 years, 20 plus years. I just want to say I thank you so much because I wouldn't be me without y'all. All y'all help, all y'all passion, all y'all sacrifices helped me get to this point. And to the NBA, to Adam Silver, to the late, great David Stern, I thank you guys so much for allowing me to be a part of something I've always dreamed about. And um, I would never, ever in a million years uh, dreamt this even better than what it is tonight. So, fuck, man. Thank you guys. Look, he sound genuinely not not overcome by the moment, but he, he 
He was proud of himself, and he had every certainly oh, right yeah. to be. I mean, he almost it, forgot his mom, though. He, he not a good. That, that would not have played well. But mom got in there. I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, I'm surprised David Stern was in there too. Shows you that LeBron definitely wants to be an owner one day. By the way, welcome everyone to your four o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.